Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Hotspur Wade Podcast. Again, we've got Perchy. Hey, I'm Perchy. <laughs> Ross? He's still on YouTube, isn't he? He's still on YouTube mode. <laughs> <laughs> and we've actually, we've actually um, managed to um, get some royalty on here. And we're not going to introduce you. Do you want to just tell us, just just say hello, oh, and hell. everyone's going to know who you are. Okay, uh, this is this is spooky. That's not my government name, uh, but I've been I've been knocking around for quite a while now. Uh, blogging, fighting cock podcast. One of the founding fathers of, of that uh, irreverent uh, horde of degenerates, and uh, obviously still knocking around now doing the Filthy Shambles podcast on Patreon. Love talking about Tottenham. Because I love Tottenham, and because it's therapeutic, and that's why I still still enjoy doing these kind of pods as well. It's it's good having conversations with people about Spurs. And while we're on the subject, so we've been asked from a few listeners stateside to tell us what while we're sort of while we're at the end of the international week now, tell us or tell them why we love this club, why we're fans and supporters. There is a difference. So I think Spook. We'll start with yeah. you, mate. What was okay. that thing that got you in? <clears throat> I don't think I had a choice. I think one of the one of the things that I believe in with with football is that your club chooses you. You don't you don't pick your club. And I know, like if you if you get if you kind of get into it with people, you know, some people do choose their club. You know, they uh, maybe they're not from a football family and they like the, the look of a badge or the color of a kit when they're a young kid. Or they see a shirt, um, you know, that someone's wearing, or a flag, you know, and and people uh, gravitate. But even that, it's kind of still the club pulling them in. Do you know what I'm saying? As opposed to just saying, oh, "I live in London and I support Liverpool because Liverpool are winning everything," which is basically eighty percent of the people I went to school with, even though I went to school in in, in East London. Um, but my personal background, it, you know, it's nothing too exciting. Um, my family, who were based in Camden Town, my grandparents were based in Camden Town way, way back, like from the in the thirties. So my granddad used to go, as you did back in those days, used to go to Highbury and White Hart Lane. Um, but l- thankfully, he gravitated towards White Hart Lane. Um, uh, there's an origin story for you; it could have been a lot different. And um, I just grew grew into the family as a, as a Spurs fan. Did, didn't know I was Spurs. But I was born into it, and and I think my uncle, who is um, a very angry Tottenham supporter these days, he's he's he's, he's so passionate about Spurs. He, he, it's just such a, a he's a season ticket holder as well with his family. He's the guy that really kind of kind of guided me through those early early days as a, as a young lad before I started going to games before I was old enough to go. So. I mean that that's it, mate. There's nothing there's nothing original about that. I think a lot of people are born into it. Um you know, the club chose me, I guess. I mean I, I didn't fall out of love with, with with Tottenham, you know. I remember as a young lad reading Glory Glory Nights and, 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 and some other bits and pieces that had been written. Um and just was I don't know, I just found the whole of the nineteen sixties and, 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 and the seventies and all the plays that we had, it was just it felt right, you know. It felt that this was my football club, um, as any fan would probably claim, regardless of the football uh, club they they support. But um, 
happy happy that uh, my granddad didn't didn't kind of walk down the other end of uh, the seven sisters otherwise i would have been proper screwed what's your uncle's name by the way because your your uncle's infamous i mean we, we've heard all about him we, yeah no, you've you've mentioned him quite a lot i mean on, I, I on filthy I, I, shambles I, 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 I your yeah i won't mention his name actually i mentioned it off air but i won't mention his name. he is on twitter but he, he's on a like a an egg profile he's, he's not very social media um kind of you know but he's just not very social media when it comes to bios and avatars and, and the rest of it but he's on there you've probably spoken to him um and you don't even know it um and i kind of don't make a big deal out of the fact that i almost talk to him like he's not my uncle if that makes sense even though i know it's him just in order for um just to keep it a bit safe does um, he listen Donald, does he listen to you no show? no no he, he doesn't does listen. listen yeah he's he's like he's a busy man he, he consumes football like like you wouldn't believe, like he will scream at the TV, right? <laughs> Even if it's not Tottenham because of a VAR decision or because someone played a rubbish ball. So he's, he's, you know, this is a guy that unfortunately saw the scum do the double, you know, at White Hart Lane. But he also saw us win the UEFA Cup. He's been at some big, big, big games and he's seen some big, big, big players. So it's in his blood. But he's also um, very career-driven, and for the last thirty years of his life, I guess that, that has, you know, it's been all, all around the world because of that as well. So, um, him now being based back in London permanently and having a season ticket, I think, is a nice little touch because it it feels like he's back home as well. If that makes sense, you know, having that comfort of, go, of going to see Spurs when they're decent is is a nice pleasure to to, to, to have. And we are decent now, aren't we? Well, we are a little bit. So, Perchy, tell us, tell us why you're a Spurs fan. I mean, what what was the thing that got you going? No, I, I, I agree a lot with what Spooky just said. It's a very, it's very true. Your football club kind of picks you. We're going like it's so true. And um, no, it's a weird, weird one because my mum's a Liverpool fan. Mum's a big Liverpool fan. My brother's a Chelsea fan. Like it's a weird, weird family. My, my dad doesn't watch football. So it's a very, very weird how I became a Spurs fan. So at the time, my mum was seeing, seeing a guy at the time. He was a Spurs fan. It just bought me a football shirt out of nowhere to my mum's disgust. Um, and it kind of stuck. And it was, um, yeah, it wasn't, weren't too bad. I can't remember what year it was. It was the old Adidas Holston one. I still got it. It's the old, 97. Yeah, it, it would have been, yeah, 97, 98 sort of time. Yeah, um, and yeah, just since then, it just sort of stuck, really. And then you've been podding with Arsenal fans ever since, or not podding, YouTubing. <laughs> I don't, I don't do podcasts with Arsenal fans. I have a show once a week with a with an American lad who's an Arsenal fan. Right, so, uh, see, I'm so happy that Spook is on. Spook, can you talk some sense into him? Because he's he's doing, mm. you know, you know the half and halves. He's actually doing one of those. I've seen it. I've been there on your channel where you've got an Arsenal logo, and I don't know no, what that's all about. Yeah. It, what it's what it is about. Is it, I'm trying to I'm trying to grow my platform on YouTube. And you're, what you're bringing in the goons. Yeah, he's a nice lad. <laughs> he actually yeah, he's actually not a delusional Arsenal fan, which is quite interesting. But yeah, but it's quite good. It's good debate. I like debating. Right, like and, the se- with and the second question is: When your mum was seeing the other guy, did your dad know about it? Right, moving on quickly, Ross. Tell us why um, you became a Spurs fan. Similar to what uh, Spooky said. Um, I was kind of, I was, well, I wasn't kind of, I was born into it. My dad, even though he grew up in Norwich, he um, he loved 
Jimmy Greaves. Um, and from there, it, it, my brother took over. He fell in love with Glenn Hoddle. And then I fell in love during the 1991 FA Cup run. Um, Gaza scoring against, um, I think it was Oxford, where he, I think he lost a boot or something. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that, you know, it, it was the colour of the kit, the really shiny, bright lily white, um, the blues as well. And it, it, I mean, I was never going to support Chelsea at that time because their stadium, for those listening, had a massive track, a like greyhound track around it, I think. It was um, a car park for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bring you Morris Minor. And it, it was just so... I don't know. It was just something about it. it. Just made me fall in love with the cockerel, Terry Venables at the time. Um, kind of an underdog status that we've always carried with us. And uh, seeing Gazza at World Cup 90 and then going, oh, Andy plays for Spurs. That's great. That's great. And just that era of the time, it just drew me in. Because my mum used to work at, uh, was a manager at Bernardo's. So she used to get all like secondhand kits in. So I used to have a um, Liverpool kit, a Watford kit an Argentina kit and then uh, but it was always going to be Spurs at the time so yeah it, just the players and the kit the whole ethos of the club that's why James yeah sorry about Jeff? that I, I, <laughs> I, I was waffling there for ages See, that's what happens. I, I, I mute myself. Can you all hear me now? <laughs> yeah. God, I really went. I went into song then, and I, I, I'll start again. So, as a kid, I wasn't really into sports at all. My brother was is is a Spurs fan. He's ten years older, and his dad is a Spurs fan. He's you know they moved over from. His dad moved over, and my mum moved over in '62, I think. And so they, you know, he used to watch Jimmy Greaves and whatever. And, and so when when his son, my brother, was born, they were talking about it. I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get the the buzz until, and I remember when it was, it was an English lesson at Winchmore School in 1992. That's when it was. And it was, uh, the season had just started. And kid next to me called Chris Speed, he was... Um, he, he wasn't one for for lessons, and so what he was doing, he was drawing out a formation. It's before Football Manager came out, or Championship Manager at the time, or Premier League Manager, or whatever it was called at the time. And he was drawing out a formation, and I said to him, "What are you doing?" And he he said, "Well, I'm a Spurs fan." I said, "Well, so, so am I, sort of." And it was him drawing out a formation, and then what happened was I don't know what I don't actually know how it happened, but I found that so interesting. And I sort of knew about the history of Spurs, but not too much because I, I didn't really watch any of the games, you know. And so what he then did is he took me to one side during this is all during this, this English lesson with I remember, remember the teacher's name, Miss Tullock. Uh, she used to scream her head off. And what he then did is he told me that we're a club of firsts and we were the first for everything. And he would, you know, all the major things that, you know, first club to do the double first club to go public blah 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 not that I even knew what that meant but he, he thought he did and 
And then he said to me something that was interesting, which was the underdog thing, which is, but we're not very good now, but one day we are going to be. And I said, well, I think I like this club then. You know, it's in my family. I might as well like it and follow it. And so he, he pulled out, I can't remember which magazine it was. He pulled out maybe Shoot or Goal. I can't remember what it was. And it had all of our players in it. And I was asking who they were. And I saw Teddy Sheringham. And he said, you know, we've, we've signed Teddy Sheringham. And he's great and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. And um, that was it. You know, I don't understand why the sort of football manager trope got me. But it did. And I, I always loved like Rocky and underdog films. All the 80s underdog films, you must have seen them, all the, all the martial art ones, where you've got this, like, even Karate Kid, but you've got this, you know, this underdog who then ends up beating the boss and blah, blah, blah. And he likened that, Chris Speed likened that to Spurs. And that was it for me, you know? And then I started to draw the cockerel and and I remember, like, drawing... Do you remember the, the THFC where all the letters were in, intermingled mm. back yeah. there? Yeah, and so I used to I used to do things like that, and that was it. And then I watched the first game, knowing who these players were. I didn't know anything about songs or chants or anything like that. But I was hooked. I was hooked. I was in love with a team that that had a shadow of glory that one day would rise again. And I know we sort of got that a few years ago with with Poch. I don't mind saying his name. I know you guys do. And I've got this feeling, I'm 44 now, I've got this feeling that it's coming again. And I know that it's early, it's really early to say that. But you know what? And, and Spook, you said it on your podcast. I enjoy watching us. I haven't been to any games this season. I don't live in the UK anymore. But I really look forward to when Tottenham are playing. And I feel like that kid again. And I say, I, I'd even go as far as saying that I, I feel more eager to watch Spurs now than I did even under Poch. Poch's reign. It wasn't too long ago, like 16, 17, 15, 16, you know, those, those high times. But now I feel it even more. I feel more connected, even after just these few games to the club than I have in years. And I feel like that kid again. And if, if you're listening to this and you're not sure and you're in the States or any other country, even in England, and you're not sure which club to support, if you love the underdog story, then you're going to love us. Now, I suppose some Spurs fans are going to say, but how can you say that we're underdogs? We're one of the richest clubs in the world, blah, blah, blah. Tell you what, Spook, can you answer that question? Why why, why we are oh, wow. still the underdog? I mean, there's a lot that I can say, but I've, I've waffled on enough. It, I mean, I guess we're... I don't know whether underdog is the right word. It's, I think maybe... We're in the nicest possible way pre- pretenders. Like we 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 can be contenders, and I think that's where the frustration uh, comes from with with us looking at the club and and saying and thinking we've got the capacity to be a lot more ruthless. You know why are we so gentle in our approach to 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 being a big club on the pitch? You know why are we so um, overly pragmatic and, and deliberate with the way that we do business. Like, why not just go for the jugular? Um, and that would then make us a, a far more serious proposition. So I think there's a fine line between the underdog status. I think that the whole underdog status is just something that happened, um, 
probably in the early 90s when there was that transition and that change in 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 football um in terms of the money that was was being generated from the television rights sky sports which kind of created the sky sports top 4 and it, and there was a massive gulf a lot of people talk a lot of positive things about the 90s right i mean if you're a spurs fan you definitely do not speak anything positive about the 90s but in well, terms of was what united there was Clinton, well, yeah, okay, saving us from relegation in one particular season. You know, we we were all full, but we had we had some incredible players that the the was as, as Tottenham as, as you can get. You know, having the Ginolas and the Klinsmans in amongst a lot of uh, uh, horrific uh, football and, and just bad management. Whereas what happened, um, everyone else shifted so far above everyone that everyone else that you almost had. A little super league in the in the Premier League, and then you just had all, all everyone be, below them, um, so far off from being able to contend. And, and Spurs were mediocre for a long, long time, and that set us back. So, I think what then happened from two thousand and six onwards is we started to catch up because the top four, that that gulf, that gap, became lesser and lesser season on season. So we became so. I don't know if you remember. You know, it was this push from mid-table to UEFA Cup place to top five, and then it was like top four in Champions League, and, and we we made that steady progress. So we are the poster boy for the, the for the team that's trying to be what they are, what they had become over twenty years, and it's the, it's the thing that I get really really defensive about when when Spurs you know go, ah, oh, you you know we've won one trophy in twenty years. You know, it's criminal and it's like, yeah, okay, we're we're incredibly unlucky. We've got a lot of cup finals, a ridiculous amount of semi-finals. It's not that we haven't tried, we haven't been good enough because we haven't had that flexibility in the in the squad. So that's why we've got that tag of, of being that team trying to punch above its uh, above its weight. And then when we gate crash the party, we can't quite sustain it because we don't have the experience these other clubs have. And now we're in a position, like you said, where we've got the money. And we should be doing a lot more in just in terms of, of of becoming that team that they are and and sustain it. It's a lot more difficult these days because there's like five or six football clubs that could could arguably be on the same level as City, you know, if they really really push themselves uh, to be. So, you know, you go back to the eighties when I started understanding football a lot more. You know, back then it there wasn't a gap, there wasn't a gulf. It was. You know, we we won FA Cups, we won in Europe, we won. You know, we got to League Cup finals. It was shared almost. We didn't quite win the league, but we got close one season. You know, it was it was far more competitive. So even then, we were cup kings. You know, we were known as as, as the best FA Cup team in the land. And obviously, after that, football got bloated. We got left behind, and and now we've caught up. But with the, the one team that's remained consistent in trying to puncture the top four, and for some reason that doesn't get celebrated, it, it gets it gets mocked. Ah, oh, look at Spurs; they haven't done it again. Ah, oh, laugh out loud at Tottenham. It's like, mate, other teams have been relegated and been promoted and have been relegated and, and and have come back up again, and we've always been a constant. So, yeah, I don't see us as underdogs. I just see us as as this kind of. Uh, yeah, we're underdogs in, in 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 some ways, but I just see this as <laughs> as a football club that is driven by incredibly ambitious and and loyal 
football supporters that want to see good football as a fundamental. And we've we we have forgotten that in the last few years because we got so desperate to win something, we were willing to sacrifice the one thing that binds us together. And now we're back. We've been reminded again that the actual football is the most important thing and everything else is a bonus. So we're underdogs just by virtue of the fact that City exists and Chelsea exists. If these clubs didn't exist, we would have won the league by now. Based on the, the last 10 years, we would have won the league. We would have probably won a few more cups as well. But unfortunately, you know, here we are. We just need to... We need to be a bit more ruthless, mate, is... Uh, is, is where I'm at, I am with it at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Ross, do you want to add anything to that, mate? I, I agree with that. I don't think we're underdogs in terms of the size of club, but what's happened is, and it's, it's just echoing what Spooky said, when you have teams like, well, it's soon to be Newcastle, Chelsea, Man City, you've had this massive injection of cash they're going to leapfrog you and then jump in front. Um, Man United have kind of fallen away in the last 10 years, which is kind of funny. Um, them lot down the road, they even they kind of punched above their weight last season, but for some reason they're fancied again this season. With Spurs, it's... I don't like the pluckiness that we seem to be labelled with. We're not a plucky team. But with the... We're the bottom of the best, but we're the best of the rest, if that makes any sense. And I think that's where we are right now. Um, going back to the reasons why we support Spurs, I don't think that's the main reason why is the kind of, you know, the fact that we're nearly men or whatever you want to call it. I just think it's more, it just feels a bit more wholesome than a lot of other teams when I look at teams like Man United and them trying to sell the club and then not selling the club and then waffling on with that, it doesn't feel right. And even their stadium's falling apart. So maybe it is biased because I've supported the club for a long, long time. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I, it, you kind of need the madness. Um, and you have to be a special breed sports Spurs because, my God, do they put you through the ringer. 100%. So, Perchy, with you, mate, I know we laugh and joke about your half and half stuff. What, yeah. what do, what do, I mean, the, because he's an Arsenal fan, right? The other guy that you do it once a week with. What does he say about us? What's he, was... Well, I mean, we, we don't really talk about Tottenham, the generalisation of it all. We talk, we talk, we more talk about the, get the previous game, what we're going to think of the next few games, blah, 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 blah. Um, but no, listen, I think, I think with Tottenham at the moment, I think I think um, Ross hit a nail on the head. I think we, uh, whoever it was, whoever said it just now was the fact is we're sort of the bottom of the pile of the top lot and top of the pile of the best lot, which puts us in this weird kind of situation, right? Because realistically, fans want to start seeing us win stuff now. Like we've got, we've had that sort of taste of it under Pochettino, right? We saw it, we felt it coming and stuff, and we saw it, we we felt we kind of. Dared to dream, so to speak, when we saw it. And then after, I mean, let's be honest, after the Pochettino era, I mean, it was disastrous. I mean, we just, we kind of, in a way, sold our soul to the devils. And, um, yeah, it just wasn't ever going to, let's be honest, Jose and Conte were never going to work at Tottenham. They were never going to work at Tottenham. 
not on them trying in the sense of that, but they were, the style of football wasn't right and stuff. But um, in in the regards to sort of um, TJ, big up TJ by the way, my Arsenal mate. Big up him. He's a he's a nice bloke. Um, I think I'm no, going to drop off think, this podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I don't know how you have any Arsenal mates. <sighs> no, he's 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 an, he's a, he's a nice guy to stream. He's a nice guy to stream with. I'll, I'll send him this um, podcast over so he can watch it. Um, listen to it. Sorry. Um, I'm getting, but yeah, but I, I think he kind of sees us as what we are really, like, like in a sense we are. Just, it, it sounds silly, but we're just Tottenham, right? Like everything about Tottenham, you see, like. I think the way that everything is at the club at the moment just sums us up in everything. But but one the one thing I do think he's deep down worried about is us this season. I'll put it in that perspective. I think if we keep playing the way we do all season, and if we go to their place following weekend and beat them at their place, like then I think then people I think eyes would start opening up to Tottenham this year. That's what, that's what I think. It will be the biggest test, right? Agreed. There's one more thing that I forgot to mention when I was younger that I was told, and it stuck with me ever since. It was dancing, by the way. Anyway, so what, what, what I was told is that there, there's only one Tottenham Hotspur. There's no other team. Well, I really hope there isn't anymore or, or now. There's no other team with Hotspur in their name. You know, they're either United, the Cities and blah, blah, blah. But there's there's only one of us. And things like that stuck with me. And the fact that I, I think that we're so close to to getting that, that, that glory again. Because I wasn't around in the 60s. Spooks, you, you weren't around in the 60s. We no. hear about it from, you know, from from family members and you know, we see it with various various streams of content but if we can achieve that you know and that for me I mean Spook you've mentioned before like if we had won the Champions League Twitter would have broken you know football would have been that would have been the end of it and everything and if we can do what we're doing with with this group of players I'm not going to do the voice that Flav does but if we can and I, I believe that we can win the league if we can actually win the league this season when most of our fans, if you remember, were saying that most, like nearly all of our players need to be sold. And there was a lot of us saying, well, I don't think all of them need to be sold. We do have a good bunch there. They just need direction. They need someone there who's going who's gonna to tell them, you know, it's, it's not just, it's not all on them. As I think, I cons- think what it is, James, though, yeah, I think on. that the, the fact that we're having this discussion and we're, and we're, we're entertaining it, tongue firmly in cheek as well because we know there's a lot of work to be done and Postacoglu knows there's a lot of work to be done and we need more players to come in and he's you know this first season is him understanding how big of a job it is to to get in that position of being competitive because that's what he wants first he doesn't want to focus on winning a cup when you're at 50% capacity he wants to get to 100% capacity then try and win everything which is which is great because it's almost like saying we need a foundation to, to be able to then actually challenge and not be these underdogs that, that, that we supposedly are or not be this football club that keeps putting obstacles ahead of us. So, But the fact that we're having this conversation and, excuse me, we're entertaining the fact that, you know, we could we could do, we could could do still do something this season um, is, is, is a great place to be in terms of mindset because 
having had four difficult seasons as Spurs fans where we were fighting with ourselves and with others, trying to rationalise the football. Oh, winning ugly is important. It's, it's a new trait. I mean, I, I banged this drum relentlessly because I thought it would we would evolve into something that was not too dissimilar, you know, if you want to make comparisons to Conte's Chelsea team that beat us to to the league, right? They barely lost any games. They had a bad start to the season and then they just, well, they were a machine. Yeah, that's what I was about to that. say. They were, they were a machine, right? But they weren't, they weren't, you know, entertaining. They weren't, there wasn't swagger there as a collective. And I thought, look, if we, if we can get to that point with Conte and win the league, you're not going to complain about it. I mean, we'll have a joke about how we've won the league in the, in the least Spursy way possible, or the most Spursy way possible, by not playing the football that our entire history has been built on. And I think that's probably the the important thing about Spurs as well, because you, you, we don't win leagues, right? We're not a we're not a team that's we had that 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 time in the '60s where we could have done the double three times. I think it was it was there was a couple of times we could have won the league in addition to the time that we did um but we won something every decade so we were this we were just this constant force uh that was that never let go of its traditions and and obviously to the point where we were a little bit powder puff when it came to really being competitive which is probably where the old it's Tottenham came from because it was like Spurs they play pretty football they're a glamour club they've got great players but they're not a threat and it's quite a patronising place to, to, to be. So we've had to smash through a lot of different obstacles from outside the football club to get where we are. And I think now it's just about really rediscover, rediscovering that identity that we have lost and, and not understood as a, as a board, as owners. Fans have never let go of that really. We've just, we've just been tested. Um, but it's good we're having these conversations because it means we're doing something right. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're everybody's joyful. I think if we do lose a couple of games, it's fine because you know that there's a destination. We're on a journey, but we know where we're heading towards rather than, I don't know, just having no sat-nav and going around in circles. So we're, we're in a really healthy place right now, again, finally. Exactly, mate. And I think that being, being a supporter of any club, it is the journey. There is no destination. I mean, the destination is that you I mean there's ups and downs right and so you you'll have you you'll you know you might play well you might get relegated you might win a cup win a league whatever that's the up and then you play poorly again football cyclical but it's how you feel about it on the way to those ups and also how you cope with those downs and I think that Spurs are the type of club that have given us that that little glimmer of hope that has kept us on the edge and then slapped us in the face and sent us back down so many times. And I think we're used to it as fans. You know, and talking about the, the whole point of this of this part of the podcast anyway, this first part, was to to really try and, and help people who are on the edge, you know, do I support Spurs and, and whatnot. One of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, maybe it's happened to you guys, is when someone's come along to the pub, and it's happened in Cyprus actually, where they've come along to the pub um, they're like how old were they at the time 17 or 18 and they weren't Spurs fans they weren't really fans of any club they, they watched a few games four or five years later whenever like when Kane scored that, that header against Arsenal 
in 2016, I think it was, and we won 2-1. Um, I, I ran, it was in the meeting pub in Larnock, if you're ever there, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great Spurs pub. I ran and dived on my knees, and then he was on top of me, and he was screaming and so happy. And then also, when we were playing, he was there for the Man City game, wasn't there for the Ajax game in, in, the, semifi- in, in the semifinal, but he was there for the quarterfinals. When their goal was disallowed at the end, and, and we won that game, when he, he got me, like he put both hands around my head and was like, I thought, I thought it was going to give me an aneurysm. And this is the guy that didn't really care too much about football just a few years before that. And he had fallen in love with that, with this club. It had got him. And to see that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. You know, it's like converting someone. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe for him it would have been best if he had converted to City or someone like that. But if you ask him now, Johnny's name is, if you ask him, would he give it up? He wouldn't for anything. And I wouldn't. None of us here would. Perchy, Do I don't know. know. You're on the fence, mate, but... Oh, I'm not on the fence. No, listen, I, I, listen, I, I agree to, I agree with it. Like the journey and all that lot. Like it's just hard, isn't it? Though you go year after year, see everyone else winning, and you just want to be that team. Like, listen, I'd do anything for us to win the league. Like anything. Like it, I'd go crazy. Like there'll be like weeks partying, going mental. But yeah, would you stop your YouTube channel? Would I stop my YouTube channel? Right. Would I stop my YouTube channel? What if we won the league? If yeah? we won the league, yeah. There you go, Tottenham. Heck, There's heck, your inspiration. I'd, I'd probably quit my job if we won the league because I'd be out partying that much. What we? Sorry, hang on a minute. What? Yes, of course I'd quit that. Sp- Spooky. What were you going to say, mate? I, you just reminded me of a couple of things. I, I I actually now remember my uncle saying that he was in a playground. He was a really young lad. And a group of Spurs fans walked past with a massive flag and they were singing. Um, and it was it, like as a young kid, I guess sometimes the way that you see things, the way you perceive things, they're amplified because it just is so out of the ordinary, you know, to see older kids walking past and they're, and they're like these passionate, emotional songs about a football club. And I think that's pro- that, I think that's what actually hooked him. Because at a young, a young, young age, you know, you're you're being told, "Oh, this is the football team we support." But I think that was the moment it it kind of really, truly grabbed him, and he was like, "Yes, I'm in, son of a bitch, I'm in," and and it was at that point, and then and then that triggered another memory of uh, speaking to my brother-in-law. He, I think, him and a group of friends used to go down to Spurs, and I think the game was the. Um, the infamous United game where we went 3-0 up and lost uh, 5-3. I think it was that game. One of the guys was so pissed off that he just quit. And he quit and he went to Highbury after that. He became an Arsenal fan off the back of that. And 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 this is exactly what I mean about Gooners. That football club attracts a certain type of fragile, insecure individual. You know, everybody that lived in North London that stopped going to Tottenham and started going to their club when they moved there weren't really proper football supporters. They were just people that that liked football and thought, well, okay, well then this I choose this lot. And you saw you've seen that over the years with with with, with, with Arsenal with the under Arsene Wenger, people did exactly what they did. You know, when Liverpool was successful, no matter where you were in the country, United the same thing, no matter where you were in the country, you just kind of latched onto something. Because it was, it protected you. 
if you support a team that wins everything, it's almost like you, especially if, if you're obsessed with football, you, you kind of, you, no one can touch you because you can just constantly say, well, we won the league. We've, we've won the Champions League. We've done this. We've done that. No. So it almost gives you this, this protective shield constantly through life. Whereas, you know, other supporters like, like ourselves, we get mocked. But our experience is far more visceral and real. And I'm not saying every gooner, by the way, is not a proper supporter. I'm not saying that. But, but I'm saying clubs like that do attract a, a, a kind of plastic uh, section of, 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 of the mass football fan base across, across the country. And like you see with Chelsea, you telling me, Chelsea, you go back a few years when they had, I don't know, a thousand people going to games in the old second division before the Premier League. Like they had, they had no fan base. This is a club that twice nearly went bankrupt. They had grass growing on their terraces. They, they don't have history. And they don't have a, a genuine loyal fan base when you compare it to Tottenham, which is why Tottenham will always be a bigger club than Chelsea, even though there's a paradox because they have won every bloody trophy that you can win. And it's sickening that that's, that's what you need to do in football. Or that's what you needed to do in football design, you know win the lottery, win the oil lottery, and then appoint <laughs> Mourinho. I mean, if that isn't a cheat code, and, and that, then that attracts thousands of, of very posh uh, middle class, nothing wrong with being posh and middle class. Well, depends if you vote Tory. But it, it attracted people that, that go to games and just kind of swipe through uh, kind of uh, apps looking for real estate and, and whatever else. It just... Am I bitter? Yes, because I think as a fan base, we have stuck through it. And it'll be nice for us to not just win a cup, because that doesn't, in, in the grand scheme of things today, it's not enough. And it won't be enough for these people moaning about Enoch. If we won a League Cup, it doesn't change anything. You, you need to be doing as much as you can possibly do to be competitive. And the rest of it is down to fate and luck and, and, and just how good you are on the day. Well, I'll tell you what, two things. First thing, that person who quit in 2003 and went to support Arsenal, the only thing that I can think of, and I think this is a, a good word to describe fans like that, and you're right, there are a lot of Arsenal fans who are like that, is a parasite. I know that um, you and others have, have called them like the merchant, merchandise FC and all of that stuff, but at the end of the day, that's, you, you, have, you have described a parasite. So yeah. they've, they've latched onto something... They've got what they've needed. When they've not needed it anymore, they've gone off and gone somewhere else. And that's not a f that that's not that's not a supporter. That might be a fan, you know. And we're we're all supporters of this club. And the second thing is, won't it be that much sweeter in one, two, three years if we continue? I know it's really early in the season, but if we continue like this, and we go on and win the league. With a group of with with a core of the players that we have now, with a few more additions, and we've gone on to win the league with Manchester City doing what they've done, with Chelsea spending billions on players who I don't even know who they are. How how are we going to feel when that happens? You know, I mean the the euphoria that we would feel because that's what we're waiting for, isn't it? And I just just thinking about it now, how sweet winning something organically because what you described there with Chelsea and City that's is you're, you're right it's a cheat code they've they've bought the leagues and 
you can say whatever you want. I mean, I've spoken to many City fans. My my ex father in law, the whole family are City fans, and you know he agrees with me. But he said to me, "But it's our time," and I and I get it. I understand it. You know, they know they know that they've bought the league, and and there's nothing you can really say to them about it. They're just happy because they've been on this journey. But then I asked him, "But imagine if you had done it coming up from the second division, and you didn't have the money." And you did it organically. How would you feel? And he stopped and he looked at me. And it was like you could see the, 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 the cognitive actions going on in his mind as he was thinking about it. And he said it would be the best thing ever and I could die peacefully. So there's always that thing in the back of their minds. The true supporters I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the parasites. Like the true supporters, because there are some true Chelsea fans. There are definitely true Arsenal fans and City fans and whatever. There are, you know, yeah, all this, this core of them. 100%. But including Perch's mate, I, I, I would have a guess. <laughs> and so, and so, when when they think about it, if they if they if they had done it the right way, how much would it feel? It would feel a thousand times better. And I think that we're head, we're on that path now. I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I mean, to all of you, you, you know, we had an episode, mate, uh, Spooky, a few a few shows ago. Sorry, I'm in Beirut and there's like in drag racing outside. And so they, what was it called? We're gonna, we're gonna win the effing league, for instance, because I just have, I feel like a kid again. And as I keep saying, it's, it's four, it's four games in, right? We're gonna play the fifth <laughs> one, fifth one now. And I think let's segue because we can go for forty-three minutes. So let's segue into Sheffield United now. I'm gonna read you something because I didn't actually realize this. So Sheffield United have lost to Crystal Palace one nil. They've lost to City. I actually did watch that game. They played all right, 2-1. And they've drawn to Everton, 2-2. So they they did play well against City. And they played all right against uh, against Everton. What do you think they're going to do when they play us on Saturday at 5pm? Or 5pm Cyprus, Lebanon time, 3pm UK time. Spook, over to you, mate. Um, I've not thought about it. How, how, how's that for analytical punditry? Um, I t- I'll tell you <laughs> what. Just... Let, let me rephrase the question then. Forget, forget. You know, fuck Sheffield United. It's not a Sheffield United podcast. How do you think we're going to play against a team that does have a low block? They've got some injuries, and they've got a manager who's a bit inexperienced, I would say. But they do have passion, and, and they've got they've got a lot of pride in their team. How do you think we're going to go out? I think it's an it is an interesting game. Like if you if you do step back from it for for, for a minute and 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 you, we stop dreaming about what how things look when we we know we're you know at full pelt, there will be games where you're not going to be able to play your normal game, mainly because possibly because as you described, uh, the team might be really organised and well drilled, might lack the quality to really control the narrative, but by Dropping deep and, and playing the low block and frustrating us, it kind of it kind of changes the narrative into their perspective because it's it's that classic, you know, you can't get through their their uh, their kind of blocks of defenders, and th- they can then look to counter. The longer the game goes on, the more frustrating it becomes. So those type of scenarios are good for us at this early stage. They're good for for Ange as well because we find out like what is the plan. What is plan A, B, and C? Because we we understand what Postacoglu wants from his team. 
Celtic supporters have spoken about it. It's not just this thing about Angeball. It's not just this thing about this kind of swaggering football. But it's this, this, it's this relentlessness that, and this energy uh, that breaks these teams down. Um, but you have to still find ways of doing so. So that is curious. I don't quite know what it is we're going to do until I'm there on Saturday to actually see it play out with my with, with my eyes. You know, under Conte, you could guess what we were going to do against a team like that because you would see every week, regardless of the opposition, it was the same bloody thing, the same blueprint every single week. Uh, whereas under uh, Postacoglu, it's far more expansive, far more energetic. Um, and, I, and I honestly think the way we move and the way we pass the ball around and the way that we also press... I think Sheffield United will struggle to 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 really to really do anything that would stop us from scoring. It's my little prediction there. I hope I don't end up with egg on my face. But well, for um, someone who doesn't give predictions, can you give us a score prediction for this one? Oh <laughs> bloody hell! I, I I I I do see us winning, and I do see us scoring two or three. I, I think I don't know about. I think we've been really decent in terms of. Uh, I think that actually that Burnley second half goal was the first time we've conceded in the second half this season. If I if I if I'm, I might have that right, I'm, I'm sure I do. Um, so we, we've been quite okay defensively, you know, we, which is the area that we all thought we would struggle with. Um, we're at home, you know, the buzz is absolutely ridiculous as as seen at the United game. I think uh, we've got too much. We've got too much quality. Too much creativeness. So two or three, um, uh, I'd be well pleased with that. It's still a difficult, tricky game for the reasons that I've given that we we need to work because we're gonna, we're going to come across teams like the scum, you know, the week after and and Liverpool and, and one or two others who you're going to have to prepare in a different way again because you're playing against teams that are seasoned, you know, uh, maybe Liverpool are rebuilding a, a little bit and having to change and and the scum are having to do a little a, a little. Uh, a little change here and there as well defensively um and, the, and this is it this is the test of the entire season we we get to find out you know um about the players about Postacoglu and about what else we need uh so yeah two or three Neil and one one more question mate now you've spoken about I mean me and you have spoken about it as well about the whole experience, about when you go to, you know, the whole match day experience, when you go there, you meet your mates, you have a few a few jars, and then you watch the game. Obviously, it's it's a much better overall experience now. But how are you feeling coming up? I mean, it's, it's a Thursday night now. We've got tomorrow and then we've got Saturday. How, you, how do you feel about this Saturday coming up, knowing you are going to go be at the game, right? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. And how how do you feel about it? Even though you're you're now in a new stand with people who won't sit down in front of you. I mean, how how, how do you feel? <laughs> about Mate, this I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm I'm like I sent out a, a, a like a little WhatsApp message earlier to to some of the guys that are, that are going to the game and said like, what time are you getting there? And like I didn't get one answer that I was happy with. Like you know, one person said I'm there at half two. Like mate, that's like literally nearly kick off. Couple of other people say, you know, I'll be down Tottenham around one, which is a little bit more, uh, slightly better. Uh, but I get really on the day of the match. I, I still get like I need to get out of the house. You know, I'm 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 up early, and I'm and I'm like, let me just get down there. Let me just get down there early. Like have a look around, have a little walk around. Uh, maybe maybe pop into the pub, Billy No Mates, because I know no one else is going to be down there. And then maybe get into Tottenham when the doors open. 
I know people hate that when when there's protests going on outside. I just I just get I I, I want to be going there as opposed to last season at the back end of last season where people were selling their tickets, people w- were kind of having to go because they couldn't sell their tickets. You know that was it wasn't it wasn't a good vibe um, uh, towards the end of Conte's reign. And the back end of last season. Whereas now, yeah, we, you know, to echo everything that's been said on this pod, like you want to go to Tottenham, you want to be part of it because you, you're buying into it. And this is what support is fundamentally. You just believe in your team. That's it. You know, everything else that you want from Tottenham, you know, every other top, top football club wants from their team. There's going to be losers, but are you really a loser if you're competing and, and you're, you know, how do you quantify success and failure in, in, I know in our minds, everything is a failure because we never win anything at the end of the season. But we've learned a lesson in the last four years. Like if, you, if you're excited to go to Tottenham, then that's 90% of your experience. You know, the other 10% is, is as like I said, it's the footballing gods, you know, it's uh, in their lap. Yeah, and it's like whenever I go, I used to go a lot when I, when I was in England. And now it's, I look forward to it a lot more because I try and, you know, whenever I'm in the UK, I'll, I'll, if I'm there when when the match is on, I'll go. But for me, it's like, it's my home. Even the new stadium, you know, eat, let's talk about Wild Lane for a minute. Where it was, it was, there, I used to sometimes look up and there was, there was this rust happening on, on, on the roof, on the, on the roof of the stand. And, but I didn't care. It was my home. And the new stadium as well, again, it's my home. And there's 11 players who are coming on to try and beat us in our home. And I won't have it. And even even now, and I would say more so now, should I say, that with the way that we're playing and, and with the buzz around the place, it feels like it's home even more. Do you know what I mean, guys? So, Ross, over to you, mate. What's your prediction? Oh, I'm going, I'll go 3-1. If they score first, they'll make it a pig's ear for us. Um, I can see, oh, what can I see? Um, I I can see, I I can see a dogey scoring. I don't know why. I just had an epiphany while doing the washing up earlier. Um, um, I can see Son continuing his good form. Um, and Owen says Madison, so there you go. There's your three goal scorers. Perfect. Perchie, what about you, mate? Um, easy for me. Easy. Spurs are winning 3-0. James Madison, masterclass. A couple from him. Uh, some maybe on the other. Yeah, comfortable. Vicario going to be incredible again because we're going to batter him. There you go. I said it on the podcast. We're battering Sheffield United on Saturday at 3 o'clock. And you know what? We should batter him. And I think we're going to get four. No, we will. We're, I, good, I, we're a good football team right we now. We are. We are. We're a good. So fo- we're a good football team going in the right direction. I think Johnson is going to get a goal as well, and I'm really looking does, forward to seeing him play. Does he start though? That's the question. I don't think it matters. No, I don't think it matters if he starts. Really, or not. you don't think he starts? I think he does start. What in place of? Instead of who? Kulusevski. I think he'll he'll start over Kulusevski. I think the front three will be Solomon, Son. And um, Johnson. That'll be your front three. There you go. Fair enough. And just, news. just quickly, guys. So, 
I tried to say this. I, I had no ITK, right? Nothing at all on Richarlison before when I was saying just give the guy a break. And the reason, maybe it's because I'm getting old. Um, maybe, Spooky, you feel the same. But after, what, after, sorry, mate, after what we've seen with, with, with Delhi and with a host of other players, uh, I'm not talking about Manchester United players, I'm talking about proper players who have been through whatever they're going through and it, just because we might, I mean, we've, you've heard the rumours, right? Do you know what I'm talking about with Richarlison? Or, so does yeah, anyone... money. Right, so, yeah, Ross, do you want to tell us what, what you've heard? Um, we don't know if this is true, by the way. He, no, someone that he was close to was, was dealing with his financial stuff. But all I have heard is that they've left him now and there's been a bit of a to and fro in and it's affected him the last five months or something but that's all I've heard that is literally it um, and it seems to have affected him as much that it is causing him a bit of um, emotional um, baggage so he he's back at training though today and he seems okay so hopefully he, he does continue that so all I'm going to say on this is just stay off our players backs because they're our players it doesn't matter what you think of them or if you think they're piss poor. You support the club. And if you fall in love with this club, support the players that wear the shirt. It doesn't matter how much they earn. Okay, everything is relative. And so if he's going through something right now, let's get behind him. And it, it doesn't matter what we think or it doesn't even matter what his last performance was. Okay, because if we can get this guy playing, he is a baller. And he's one of those people, he's one of those, I don't know if you've met him in life, who gets everyone going. I've seen him do it for Brazil. I saw him do it at Watford and at Everton. And we need people like that. We need these, we need these passion merchants, these, these people who will get everyone going. And he is that. And he hasn't shown it. And this is what I was trying to say in the last few pods, that there's something wrong. And then this news comes out. We don't even know if it's true. But does it look like there's something wrong? As I said, I'm getting old and I've been around enough people in my life to know that when they're not acting the same way as they were before, then clearly something's not right. So I hope that he come. I hope that he actually gets a few minutes and plays. I know you're going to say butts and maybes and whatever. Gone. Go no, on, but I'm, I'm, no, I'm just going to cut in because okay, I get I get the sentiment in what you're saying. I get it, but we've got to remember we've got to rationalise critical thinking, right? Because otherwise we just get to the stage of going, oh well, everything's fine at Tottenham. It's all good. Well, no. Listen, if a player's being bad, we need to be saying a player's had an awful game they're not they've been awful like we've got to be we've got to be valid when it when we have those debates because otherwise we just sit back and go oh well everyone's everyone's nice it's all happy and rosy and stuff. no but we, if someone's had a bad game we say you've had a bad game like what i always say and i put out i put a, a short out earlier i said relative to the um 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 Ma uh, for the Harry Maguire sorry for some reason I said Harry Madison in my head. I was getting well mixed up Harry Maguire situation. I said there's there's criticism and then there's abuse when when it strays into the latter that's when collectively we have to unite and say no 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 we're against that but being critical of a player has to happen because otherwise we just sit there and go well everything's good like are we going to sit there and but hear me out from, from your sentiment if Eric Dyer and Hugo Lloris are named in the starting lineup on Saturday, are you not going to sit there and go, "What on God's name are they doing on the starting sheet? They should be nowhere near it, right?" I, I can, you've got mate. To have a, you've got to have a balance, right? But, but 
if you're going to throw around words like critical thinking, then the, the key critical word is why. Why is a player that we know can play? And we saw it, we saw it in November and December at the World Cup. And we've seen glimpses of it at Spurs, especially that Marseille game. Why is he now not performing? You can't use the word critical thinking and then not use but, the word why. But, yeah, but, but when we say why, but he hasn't really done it for Spurs at all. That's, in, that, that's the hard, hard truth of it all, right? He hasn't done it for Spurs at all. Like, apart from one game, like, as I said, like, he's got more yellow cards to taking his shirt off celebrating offside goals and he scored league goals last season. Listen, I'm not, this is not me having a go at the player. Listen, like, there's obviously something deep-rooted that needs to be sorted. And listen, fair play to him for coming out and saying it, by the way, that he's he's getting help and he's sorting stuff out. Massive, massive plaudits to the guy because he could have easily said nothing and kept it bottled up. As men, we do this a lot. Listen, you guys will probably agree with it. We keep a lot of stuff bottled up as, and he's come out and said it. Massive kudos to the guy, by the way. But that also doesn't doesn't put back the past so we go... He hasn't been good. Listen, do I want him to be great at Tottenham? Of course I do. Because it benefits me as a football fan, right? Of course I want him to sit there and rejuvenate his career. Go and all of a sudden get 10, 15 league goals this season. I go, do you know what? Fair play because he's got help and he's sorted his career out and he's now on the trajectory. But we've got to call a spade a spade, right? Not always, mate. Not always. Ah. <sighs> That's why I like this podcast. We've all got different opinions. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. Right, I think we'll leave it there then. Spook, it's been a pleasure, mate. It's been lovely having you on. Oh, thank you. Okay. It's been good, man. We're Enjoyed it. forward to, to having you on again. And we're going to be on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll be recording on Tuesday after the game and look back at the game and then look forward to the big one against Arsenal. Hopefully we're going to have crackers on, which will be interesting. And uh, yeah, if you've liked it, leave us some reviews. We're getting a few thousand listeners now, which is all right. Not bad. And with Spooky on, I think uh, we're going to have a couple more. Not thousands. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> a couple more, not thousands. Yeah, Just exactly. two more, two extra. Me, and then when I listen to it again. Well, get your uncle to listen to it, and there's a the couple. There you go, job done. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. So cheers from all of us. Perchy, say goodbye, mate. Bye, guys. <laughs> Ross, over to you, mate. See you later. And Spook, cheers, mate. Yeah, no problem, man. Enjoyed it. Cheers. Up See the Spurs. Up the Spurs. Cheers. Bye-bye.